Hello, and welcome to Survivor Now's special for Pride Month. I am David, and I am joined by Matthew, another Survivor Now correspondent. And today we have with us a very special guest, the Dr. Evie. How is your Pride Month going so far, Evie? Oh, no, we lost oh, no. Evie's audio. Leaving us in suspense. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. There we are. <laughs> okay. I just like to be a little tricksy uh, at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast, but uh, I am here. I am queer. I am ready to do this uh, podcast with you, and I'm having a great pride so far. It's Boston Pride this weekend, so I feel like it's really kicking off with you all, and then I've got a bunch of fun plans this weekend. So, uh, yes, very awesome. happy to uh, get to celebrate with you both. Absolutely. And yeah, we're so psyched. So just to give everyone a brief overview of some of the things we're going to be talking about. So we're going to discuss like, why does Survivor resonate so much with the queer community? Because we'll get into it. There are so many fans of so many different types, but there are very large populations of individuals who are queer and Survivor fans. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to touch on some queer journeys in Survivor, maybe those who are not always thought of immediately when you think of queer individuals on Survivor. And we're also going to draft our dream cast for a fantasy season of all queer all-stars Survivor and chat with Evie because Evie has so much to share about Survivor and life in general. So I can't wait to dig into all of that. And before we continue, please make sure to subscribe to Survivor Now on YouTube and Spotify. And also check out all of our other Survivor Now media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and so much more. But on to the good stuff. So let's answer that question I posed before. Matthew asked me this earlier, and I thought, we need to talk about this. Why does Survivor resonate so strongly with the queer community? Have you yeah. any thoughts? I mean, ugh, yeah, it's such a good question because it really is. I don't know. There's so many queer Survivor fans. Like that feels undeniable. Like I think it's so funny when, um, you know, as they as uh, the show started casting more queer people and more diverse people in general, I feel like there's such a um, like the anti crowd is like we're the fans of the show. It's like, no, the fans of the show has like tons of queer people. It always had the first ever winner was queer, you know? Um, I'm curious what you all think. I mean, I think, you know, I, th you know, I think, I think queer people like Survivor the way everybody likes Survivor in the sense of it's the best game ever. You know what I mean? But I think there, there must be more to it than that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious what, what you all think. Any, any theories? Yeah, I'm definitely with you, Evie. I feel like, I mean, queer people have been a part of reality television, you know, mm. with MTV's The Real World and getting into Survivor, like you said, with Richard Hatch being the first winner of Survivor season one, but also having Sonia be the first person to be voted mm. out. Like what a bookend that is. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like there's something to be said about just the game element of Survivor too. Mm. It's fun. It's fast. There's a sense of adventure. And I really think there's something to be said about watching a group of people play this game where some of them might be outsiders and some of them might be insiders. And that ball is changing throughout the entire competition. Uh, yeah, I think that's so real. And it's like, I, it's like, yeah, it's like, 
I don't know if, uh, I mean, obviously Richard was, and Sonia were drawn to the show and they drew, like, I think the fact of Richard winning and like the idea, like the whole narrative of the first season of you have, you know, um, the gay man is the main provider, you know, he's the strongest, like in this like classic male, you know, heterosexual provider way, but he's gay and he's naked and he's best friends with the Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, literally you couldn't have written it better to be like an impactful story in that way. And and the fact that then he goes on to win, I don't know. It's so like, it just sets up that it's like any, it's like, you know, that's the, that's the, 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 the self myth about the show, right. Is, you know, it's a random group of people and it's like anyone can win with any skills. And I just really think like that beginning, uh, the first run of the show, you have like a gay man, you have, um, you know, an like an older woman, you have a black woman, you have like, like the winners are, it's, it is like, uh, you have, and you have a young, like Ethan, the soccer player. It's like really get it all. Like in those first couple of winners. Um, and there's something like special and magical about that, you know, and it's got like, it's camp and it's, uh, you know, got a lot of, um, that sort of things in it also. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I think you sum that up really well. I think Survivor is multifaceted and I think it appeals to so many people. I think honestly, it's also because it's reality TV. And mm. I think many of the shows that myself and my queer friends really love, RuPaul's Drag Race and Queen of the Universe, for example, there, there are just so many Big Brother, I could go on, you know, all the competition reality shows, especially competition reality shows. I don't know what it is about them. We just like the stakes. It is the drama. Like you said, Evie, it is the high stakes. It's the drama. It's the conflama. It's the madness. It's all of that. It's so. our sports, you know? I mean, and the crew people can like sports too. But to, for me, it's the thing that I gather the people around and we're like screaming over, you know? Like, and I think that, I mean, Drag Race really is that, right? Of like, let's go to the bar, you know? Like, and like, it really is like the sports bar vibe. And I think uh, Survivor really, really, really has that too. And I think, I don't know. I think there's something I was thinking also about this idea, you know, like queer players and queer viewers. And I think, um, you know, I do this uh, this uh, Pride series on uh, Rob is a podcast called The Pride Has Spoken. And one of my co-hosts in that Grace Leader, she was saying how like maybe there's something to the idea how like queer people, you know, we are used to like trying to fit ourselves into different molds in the world and like think and like subtly have to deal with like, how am I going to present myself so that I'm safe in this space or so people like me, despite, you know, this thing that might make them uncomfortable. Like it's kind of like, it's part of our just innateness uh, of moving through the world is having to do that. And I think that ability to like instinctually track a lot of those things does make, um, for queer people to be good at survivor and especially good at like recognizing those power dynamics and like things like that. And I think, I mean, you see that, uh, right. You know, from Richard to, you know, the most recent winner, I don't know if we're spoiling, uh, on here, but, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, from the first, uh, queer winners, the most recent queer winner, jam jam, you know, who can like really, uh, really navigate those situations. And I think that that is just, yeah, part of being a person, a queer person navigating the world in some way. It's it's really great that we had a winner like Jam Jam come on the before, and I absolutely love that it sort of was like a, a launch right into Pride. Oh no, you cut out there for a second, Matthew. But I definitely agree, and I think that 
yeah, we've had, I can't believe it's taken this long for there to be another queer winner. So I'm so glad that, that has happened again. And I actually had a chance to talk to you, Jody Wincheski, one of the former casting people from mm-hmm. Survivor. And she was saying that a large portion, a very sizable port portion of individuals applying to Survivor are specifically gay men. Mm. And I mean, we've all come on, we've all Googled or YouTubed like Survivor audition videos and that tracks from what I've seen. And <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm part of the statistic there. So I totally, totally understand. But yeah, Survivor is is definitely now more than ever, I think. For everyone, including queer people, and especially because of the strong queer representation on Survivor 44 in specific, I think then more than ever showed us like super stacked cast, Mm -hmm. which I think all of the new era casts have been fabulous. Mm -hmm. But 44 in particular, I think everyone was wonderful. And it shows that, yes, you can have a super queer cast and they're going to deliver. Duh. Yeah, duh. Exactly. It's like, you know, of course. And it, it's, it's like, what it's like, literally so obvious, like you could have a whole, you know, I mean, you look at like the, you know, those middle seasons of Survivor where they're casting for like straight hotness, and you get a ton of like super boring people, you know, like, um, I think that's another thing of like, you know, if you're making the choice like I mean I don't know if you yeah if you're if you're making the choice to be queer on tv you know that that like comes with things you know amazing things and hard things and I think like therefore the people who are putting themselves out there off you know to be on reality shows we have a story to tell you know what I mean we have a reason why we want to put ourselves in this situation where we are gonna face um you know, face uh, online BS and like all of that sorts of stuff. But like, I think we all also have the experience of, you know, it's so amazing. Like there's more and more queer, queer representation on TV all the time now. And yet like we are all shaped by the, gen- we're all, you know, shaped by the experience of not seeing ourselves represented on TV. Right. And knowing what that feels like and knowing how impactful it would be to young us <laughs> to like see someone like us on TV. And I think that motivation is, um, really there. And so like, you get just like, I think, I think the most compelling survivor characters are people who like, you kind of know why they're there, you know, what they're fighting for, like what they're overcoming. And I think like queer people really lend themselves to that, um, to that story because it's like, it's, it's our lived experience, you know? It makes me really excited for future survivor players that when they grow up watching seasons, 41 through now what's going to happen which is 45 it's really exciting to sort of see how this is going to shape the game moving forward especially for queer players totally and matthew you mentioned richard hatch before and that's the one i think we could use as a segue into our next uh, section because first winner and first queer winner as well set a really interesting precedent for what a winner could be like you said evie and Yes, we all are very familiar of the canon of, of Richard and Rudy and breaking down those barriers and Rudy perhaps using the word queer in a different way than we are now yeah. or a different intention. And I think that it showed a lot of growth and potential of what the show could be and put those relationships in front of people who may have never encountered anything like that before and their misconceptions were challenged. So that 
I think in a lot of ways helped Survivor become a bastion for and a champion for queer queer people in a way. But I want to flash forward a little bit because recently I was doing a rewatch of Survivor All-Stars. Who would watch rewatch Survivor All-Stars, you ask? I like Survivor All-Stars. I'm an All-Stars apologist. So, uh, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're in good, <laughs> okay. good company. Yes. And I was watching the reunion and Jeff is going from person to person, asking how they are now, catching up with them, talking about their relationships. And he gets to Richard. And this is the part that makes me a little uncomfortable. Richard talks about the fact that he just found his his partner, then partner, and um, Jeff can barely get the words out because then he starts laughing and says, well, there's something for everyone on this show, I guess. And I thought, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you've had such a good showing recently. Like, what what are you doing there? So although we have some growth, it's not just like, all right, we check that box off. Everything's fine. Everyone accepts it. It's There's still sometimes some exposure of some maybe discomfort or unacceptance that maybe then Jeff had. But Jeff, we love you now. No shots fired. Okay. Okay. No, but I, th- I think that is, I mean, I, you know, and I, and I really do uh, appreciate Jeff and everything, you know, he does the show and like, you know, he has, he has moved very much with the times, I think, you know, and like, and, and is learning as, you know, kind of mainstream uh, society kind of, uh, kind of moves. And, you know, I think that is one of the cool things about him is I think he really does want to learn, you know, but it also does like take, you know, the people coming across his his path to, to really like put that forefront for him. Like I'll never forget in my casting, one of the first things he said to me, uh, the first time I met him was he said, you know, am I allowed to use the word queer? And it occurred to me that he probably hadn't like been updated on uh, that word since like the Rudy, since Rudy said it, you know, and I think I'm the next person to say the word queer on the show, possibly, you know, and um, it makes you just think of like how much the times have changed. And it is kind of crazy that there's been the same host this whole time, which is something extremely cool. But I think it's not like. I think the onus is on the show and on Jeff, like the individual person to actually put in the work, right. To like, um, to fluently tell these stories. And I think it's something that is really important to Jeff and the show. And I know that for sure. And like, obviously Jeff is, you know, Jeff is who he is and they need to have more different people work on the show, um, always to bring in those voices. Cause I think, you know, they can do so much with casting, but if you don't have the people behind the scenes, like able to tell the stories, that's always going to hold it back. And telling those personal stories is the thing that makes the show the most special. And they know that, like, I know they know that. So I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to meld those things as well as they have been in the most recent seasons. Yeah. And I, re- I really appreciate that Jeff, even on, on the podcast that it went along with the season, Jeff has stated that he's constantly working on bettering himself. And I think mm-hmm. that looking back on a moment like this in the show's history is so important and, you know, so great to see the progress that we've gone through. And what I went back and watched this moment you know, when I look at it now, and Richard's so proud to point out that he found love, and it seemed like he was so happy, um, this would be presented very differently today and not laughed at as much as I think we're all sort of in agreement on. Um, And it's even uh, interesting going back and seeing the audience reaction to it too, because there's a lot of applause, but there's a lot of people who sort of bow their heads down or don't really uh, pretend not to notice. And it could be a few reasons. It could also be because... Richard is prickly and was shown as cutthroat. So maybe it's harder for people to believe that the gruff 
tough Richard fell in love. Maybe that's just not a side of them that they'd seen. But I, I tried to I tried to counteract my initial thoughts of there's something going on here. But I think there probably still was something going on here, and I'm just making excuses for people. So I'm not going to do that. But totally. And I mean, obviously, and uh, if we're if we're talking about Richard and All Stars, I think you know something that would have been handled extremely differently is you know what happens between him and Sue Hawk, and uh, which you know basically an assault, and it's really it messed up that that happened, and that that's on the show, and that that is like. Yeah, Richard is such a complex character because you know there's like an am- there's amazing he's a pioneer and he also did a lot of effed up stuff and like what happened to Sue on that was like not okay at all and the fact of it's like just like LOL Sue was crazy is like a classic uh you know trope of not believing women and not believing women's experiences so um completely yes the show has has well, the show has <laughs> made mistakes over the years and uh, they have, uh, you know, it's a self-improvement journey for all, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're adapting. And I don't want to veer off too much, but um, Evie, you, you definitely reminded me because you said, yeah, framing Sue in that way was definitely harmful. And in the reunion, they cut to that moment and they didn't show yes. the 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 tears of sue they didn't show i don't know they could have framed it better they showed her screaming and mm-hmm. pointing at jeff and mm-hmm. a horrible way to frame it and sensationalize a moment that was obviously very traumatic to her mm-hmm. and they but. yeah and i don't you know remembered exactly the the clip there but like yeah the the focusing on her anger and like perceived uh irrationality instead of like that a man was naked for no reason and like rubbed himself on her, you know? And I think it, yeah, we're in the trenches. It's like, I think maybe because he's gay, they think of it as like not that bad or something. And it's just like, so like, it's bad. Don't have people be naked. Don't have people touching people naked who don't want to be touched. Like, it's just like basic human decency. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad that that uh, is in the past. <laughs> Likewise. Yes. Matthew, you recently were watching one of my favorite seasons, Vanuatu, and that has some really great queer representation. Why don't you uh, share your thoughts while you were viewing? Oh, it's so good. I kind of watched um, Amy's journey out of order. Excuse me. I watched Amy's journey out of order. I saw her on Fans versus Favorites. Absolutely fell in love. And I was so happy to see her on Vanuatu and sort of see her origins. And then I also got to meet Scout along on that journey as well. And I had a couple of thoughts. Evie, I know that you got to talk to Amy sometime last year. I think that's really cool. I definitely have a lot of questions there. Um, but there are some moments from Vanuatu that really stood out to me in a very positive way. So obviously we're going to talk about the family visit as well, or the loved ones visit, I should say. And also um, when their tribes won uh, photos of their loved ones. One thing that really stood out to me in particular is Scout had a photo with her and her life partner, um, Annie. And, uh, Rory, who was also there for the reward, commented, of, that's such a lovely photo. And I think having a moment like that, mm. which was so genuine, it was it, that's such an easy thing to cut out of an episode. Mm. But I love that they kept it in there. And I love that they normalized, you know, her life partner in that moment. And going back to the loved ones visit, 
what we did not see, unfortunately, were uh, the kisses that were exchanged between um, Amy and her partner and Scout and her life partner as well. Um, and that's really unfortunate. And Evie, I know that you talked to Amy about this moment in particular. Yes, yes. Well, first of all, let me just say that Amy was is like the nicest person ever like talking to her was such a such a treat like it's so funny because I think in the shows she comes off and I don't know if it's like this is like her in game mode or this is some like weird editing um thing where she gets kind of the I mean it's she's a strong woman so she kind of gets a little bit of the bitch at it to be honest you know um in life she is a freaking wonderful kind uh human just to say and i love talking to her and she told me about this moment yes that i think the crazy thing is that what she was telling me is that in the promos for the episode like in the the at the commercials it was showing like her and her partner like leaning towards each other so the <laughs> so the network was kind of like advertising like watch survivor this week there'll be a gay kiss and it would have been the first gay kiss or, or at least queer uh, or like woman, woman kiss on CBS. And they even advertised that it was basically going to happen. And then, as you say, they basically cut that like one second out. So you kind of like see a weird like before and then immediate after. And so it's like definitely some weird like baiting happening there um and amy said it was wild for her because she was what like all of her friends and family are all thinking that this is like huge moments gonna happen and then you know it doesn't but like you know that itself didn't matter so much to her but like kind of a very weird um yeah weird legacy of the show and doing that um and apparently mark burnett after said uh you know like america's not ready it's just like that idea that like somehow like a gay kiss is more sexual or like more inappropriate than a straight kiss like like a hello a hello I haven't seen you in so long romantic kiss that like you just see like tons of straight ones of these and yet of course the, the yeah, woman women yeah. one is uh, too risque. Literally the season before Rob and Amber were demolishing each other's faces like literally yeah yes yes. Yeah. And yeah. And they love that. They love that. They love Robin Amber like alone on a date. Yeah. It, like, you know, they love that. But Amy kissing her girlfriend is uh, can only be baited, not actually shown. <laughs> well, another uh, another thing that I love seeing on that season is during the immunity challenge. So all of the loved ones are blindfolded and they have to go retrieve, um, I believe, puzzle pieces for their loved one who is still in the competition with that person guiding them verbally. And one of my favorite moments that I'm so glad they kept in was Amy, who did end up winning this challenge. Um, she, you know, she broke into song sometimes. She was singing about how much she loves her girlfriend and just kind of expressing how well um, Chrissy was doing during that challenge. And I just thought that was another small detail that was just really, really nice to see. Totally, totally. It's so beautiful. And it is just like so special that there were like two uh, like queer women on that season, like uh, and uh, both got to have their uh, partners there for the loved one visit. And yeah, that you got to see that moment and then um, and then they win. Right. Like that's so it's yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And to say, I'm pretty sure that when Elaine in uh, all the way later in season 39, when her her uh, girlfriend now wife comes, they make out. So we got it. We got the kiss in there. <laughs> Good. It's what we deserve. America yes. is ready, Mark Burnett. That's Maybe right. You're just yeah. not ready, Mark. Yeah, Burnett. Mark. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, some some 
queer stories are highlighted more on Survivor for certain contestants as for others. Some individuals, we find out that they're queer in maybe pre-game press or information after the fact, but it's not really touched on during the season. And I actually have a special guest cameo from someone who that is very applicable. Let's get it started. Hello, what is up, everybody? Todd from Survivor China. David had reached out and asked, um, you know, some questions because it's Pride Month. Happy Pride, everybody. Um, Not just to the LGBTQ plus community, but to everyone who celebrates, supports, loves, and just is excited to be a part of such a wonderful beautiful community um the question that david asked me was did being gay affect anything with my season of survivor and the the short answer is no it didn't um it wasn't really a thing i was just me i was like happy and proud of who i am and and you know who i love and that was pretty much it as it should be so just remember to love love people for who they are that's that's what life is i love you if you don't love me that's fine but maybe you should try to love me anyway uh happy pride sending all of the love he's so great so much (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome oh no oh where did you go i don't know there There you are there you are (laughs) so i'm actually watching survivor china now and it's i'm so happy so far early in the season but i'm really happy just seeing todd um being such a strategic mastermind i'm so excited to see how it all plays out obviously knowing what happens in hindsight but just what a fantastic season it's been so far yeah Uh, yes so good and i also appreciate the fact that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be parading a queer person around mm-hmm. and tokenizing them. Mm-hmm. Todd can just be Todd mm-hmm. and he is him and being gay is one aspect of him and it's a reason why we connect with him, but it doesn't have to be all that Todd is. And I appreciate that they didn't try and get as much out of him for that or like I said, make him a one-dimensional character when everybody on Survivor deserves to be portrayed as a multifaceted, multidimensional person, which obviously is hard sometimes. You know, we got our purple edits, we got our whatever edits, we got our Heather edits, which I still don't really know what color I can like <laughs> assign to Heather's edit, but um, I digress. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's so true. And I think, you know, it's I think it's the best when the portrayal of the person on Survivor is just like really true to who they are right so it's like very clear that like that's what Todd wanted right like he happens to be gay it's something he's not he's proud of he's not ashamed of but it's not something he's going to be talking about all the time you know what I mean like that that's that's who he is that's the same you know when I talked to Amy I was like you know did, did you and Scout like they never showed you talking about both being gay like that's crazy they must have like cut that out right And she's like no we were just we didn't really talk about it. It was just like, yeah, you know, like, and that's who they are. And for me, I talk about that. I'm queer all the time because it's my favorite topic. And you know, that just like is true to me that like, it is just something that like comes up naturally a lot because it is like 
more front of mind maybe for me. And that's also partially a generational thing, I think. And, you know, it reminds me also of like the um, Zeke and Brett scene in Millennials Gen X, you know, where you'll have these two gay men from, you know, literally different generations, which was the whole framing. And um, just like different, like, you know, Zeke saying it never occurred to him that he wouldn't talk about being gay on the show because it's so, uh, you know, he talks about being gay all the time. And that's, you know, that's kind of how I am with my queerness. And, uh, but, you know, bread of a different time, gen- different generation is like, I prefer to just, you know, that's just part of my life, but I don't need to talk about it. You know, and I think uh, that's the most beautiful when the portrayal can represent how the person wants to be portrayed, you know? And uh, for me, I'm, I'm thrilled that like, uh, you know, my rainbow tattoo was in there and, uh, you know, I'm, for other people, I'm, I'm so happy that they got the edits hopefully that they wanted. So yeah, I think, I think that's wonderful. Love Todd. Love that we got a little cameo there. And that, that moment you just mentioned between Brett and Zeke was so beautiful. And I think it was actually like the epitome of millennials versus Gen X for me, which was these two generations coming together uh, and discussing it. And I think what's also important is Zeke even talking about Brett paved the way, you know, like guys like Brett, they paved the way for me to exist as who I am today. And I think that's such an important call out, especially during, you know, every time of the year, but especially during pride to highlight those who came before us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any other queer journeys of you that spoke to you as a viewer? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that in general, like the survivor arcs, I mean, uh, you know, it's for me, it's all about the the caterpillars or the caterpillar to the butterfly, you know, and like some of those stories got to actually happen. Like I think about like a Donathan, you know, who like uh, is thought of as like so weak a lot. And then like there's that one challenge and he like dives below and he gets it and he gets to like have that strength narrative, you know. And then there's a lot of stories also of queer people who like don't get to have the the full journey. I think about your Bryce's, you know, um, who um, I think that's such an example of a person who, uh, you know, was on a tribe where they were trying to tell this story of like, uh, so this is Survivor Kageyan and you have the the beauty tribe and it's just very obvious that uh, there's like hot white guys and hot white girls and then Bryce, who's a beautiful, amazing, wonderful, strong, brilliant uh, black gay man. And his they don't know what to do with him in the edit. They seem to not fully know what to do with him on the tribe. When I talked to Bryce, he told me that he was like one of the number one providers for the tribe. But they just didn't even show that because it didn't like fit into the the narrative of that uh, of that uh, how they wanted to portray the beauty tribe in Kageyan, you know? And, and so, so it's, it, I think that the, um, you know, the history of survivor is littered with those, you know, and I think about, I, I was thinking a lot, you know, this, in this amazing season, survivor 44, we had six, uh, queer people. So Carolyn, Jam Jam, Matt, Josh, Claire, and Franny. And the queerness of not of all those people wasn't necessarily a part of the show. And in particular, I think, for um, like Claire and Franny and Carolyn are uh, women who had like, uh, you know, Franny was in a straight you know, presenting showman's and Carolyn has a, has a, a partner who's a man. And I think, you know, that like uh, bisexual pansexual uh, invisibility is so common in society. And it's, you know, common in uh, these edits too. And, you know, of course, I don't know how much they were talking about that uh, on the show, but I think like, um, I, I still, I posted a thing about, you know, uh, of a picture with all these queer survivor players, including Franny. And, you know, someone commented like, Franny's not 
not queer. What about Matt? And it's like, yeah, you can actually uh, be queer and also date a man. And that's all totally great. And, uh, uh, you know, and I'm no shame to that person. Like they might just not know, you know, like they, I think they were actually asking a question, but just so everyone knows, you know, like, um, and so like, um, yeah, like, I, you know, I think survivor is complicated. Like the world is complicated, but I think like there have been so many, um, you know, beautiful queer arcs. And, you know, I think in, in my own season, you know, Ricard really emerged as the uh, challenge beast strategy boss uh, towards the later part of the game. And uh, that's, that's so, uh, you love to see that, you know, you love to see that. Absolutely. And before we move on to the next exciting section of this podcast, which we entails us making our own little fantasy casts, I arranged for a special video message for you, Evie, and something tells me you're going to like it. Just kidding. This is about Evie. So my memory isn't really a memory because I just feel like they should be thanking me because I literally voted myself out and saved them. So you're welcome. Anywho, it's not only a memory because I just remember pregame. I saw them and I was like, that's going to be my homie. Like, I want to kick it. So then I remember we drew rocks, merge, and I was like, yes. I got my boys, obviously, Danny and Deshaun, and then Evie. So to my fellow lawyerly offspring, New York Jew, I'm not really a New York Jew, I'm a pseudo New York Jew, but Jew who lives or has New York connections, who is also a Columbia Lion, you're just a real one. Like literally A1 energy from day one. So keep doing you. Oh my God, that was so special. Thank you, Sydney. <laughs> Thank you guys. Wow. Uh, I love that so much. That's so nice. I'm so glad that we could make that happen. And uh, I'm just going to rearrange Sydney. for two seconds our little configuration here. Because, Abby, <laughs> I want you to be front and center. No offense, Matthew. All good. Uh, I love Sydney so much. And I will always thank her for voting herself out and uh, letting me get farther in the game <laughs> by uh, her playing the shot in the dark. No, Sydney <laughs> is a freaking real one. That That's really, really sweet. I love that. Thank you. Of course. My pleasure. And although Sydney can't be a part of our cast, uh, we will be building our all-queer all-stars cast and if you are ready, Evie, you can tell us who you want first on your uh, tribe. But actually, before you begin, we will be posting our our little uh, season, our cast on our Instagram. So be sure to check that out later so you can see all the faces. Hell yes. Okay. So I'm going to go for my number one draft pick. My, 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 you know, mine's all about the journey and really trying to, I really want to see people who we didn't get to see um, their full stories. So my first pick, I want Spencer from Survivor Token Sheens, who talks in the show about how he's not going to tell anyone that he's gay. And I and um, so he like stays in the closet in the game and that it seems to like really hold him back from like building relationships with people. Also, there's like a kind of a weird dynamic where maybe JT doesn't think he's like macho enough. So like maybe there was some merit to, uh, you know, uh, not revealing that about himself. I don't, I, you know, and I just feel like I know for myself, like 
the only way I could play Survivor is just being fully myself because like if you're trying to hide anything extra, you're just like adding another layer that's going to make people not trust you. And um, Spencer was holding something so big in and um, it's I, I just think he would do so could do so amazing if he um, freed himself from that. So I'm getting survive uh, Spencer from Token Sheens and uh, giving him the, uh, the the redo, the loud and proud redo if that's what he wants. But it's fantasy. In my fantasy, that's what he wants. <laughs> that's a great pick. I think I remember very distinctly watching Token Jeans as a younger queer person and seeing the scene with him and Sydney in yeah. in the woods. And they're talking. He's talking about, or she asks him, "Have you ever had a girlfriend?" And you can see. Maybe I was just reading into it, but his expression changed a little bit. And totally. I knew that I, I just thought about myself because I wasn't out at the time when I watched that. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, how could you put up that front? And like you said, Evie, I can't imagine, especially now, playing a game and not being able to just be myself. Like yeah. imagine the work it takes to yeah. constantly be monitoring yourself and not even what you, just what you say, but your mannerisms and – you present yourself so it's very very tough that's a great choice evie i love how you put it where in a game where you have to hold on to so much information just having that one extra thing that you are holding in and not being able to talk about makes it just that much harder totally and you can feel that from people and like it's a game so you don't know is it that they don't like me is it that they're hiding something from me are they trying to vote me out you know and it's not about that at all it's that he's gay and doesn't want to tell you you know and it's like you know just like uh and and that is so again reminiscent of of real life also you know that it can it can you know not being able to be your full self can really really um you know uh prevent you from forming really close relationships with people so yeah uh survivor is life happy pride etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew what about you uh, you know what, Evie, you brought up my first choice a little while ago, but I'm going with Bryce Isaiah from Kagayan. Yes. I yes. really fell in love with Bryce. I know he was there for a very short amount of time, but I think he has a lot more game left in him. To me, he was the first person on the mat at the beginning of the episode. I think uh, what happened was Jeff needed their tribe to elect like a leader, you know, someone in a leadership role. Bryce was the first person to sort of point to the person next to him and be like, I think you'd be really good at this. Uh, also, we saw that Bryce was not afraid to start making connections, particularly with Morgan on his tribe. Unfortunately, they were sort of on the outs at that point, um, but he really was doing well socially. And in that uh, couple immunity challenges that we saw him perform in, he did very well as well. We never saw him get choked up or um, make any real major mistakes he always kept his cool and just kept going and i think if he stayed in a game long enough and even to the extent that he was already in the game he would be a massive threat in my book to get to the very end hell yeah great pick absolutely he's also his he's just so infectious like who doesn't want more bryce in their lives right everyone's life can be benefited Truly. by more bryce and David, how about you? I would say Rafe Judkins for many reasons because yes. Guatemala needs more representation, although not diverse cast. I that is my major gripe with Guatemala. Yeah. That aside, 
bring back Rafe. I know he's probably not going to because he's so busy just ruling the world with the the wheel of time. I was about to say the wheel of fortune, the wheel of time, and all of the amazing things that he's doing. Agents of Shield he was doing before, so he's he's got a lot going on. But he won three individual immunity challenges. I feel like no one remembers that. He was a super strategic force on the season. Yes, he played emotionally, which a lot of people criticized, but obviously we've seen, especially with Carolyn, that you can be strategic and emotional, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I have always really identified with Rafe. When I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, that's who I want to be when I go on Survivor. Not necessarily the part where he was falling off the... Um, the rope bridge or the rope on episode one. Although I do think that's very true to me. I think that I wouldn't have been able to get back up um, normally, even if I didn't have dysentery like he did. But yes, so sum it all up, Rafe. We need more Rafe. Hell yeah. <laughs> what about you, Evie? Okay, Second- my, my next pick, another uh, story cut way too short. Give me Claire from Survivor 44, our, yes. our sit-out queen. Uh, I love Claire. I've gotten the chance to know Claire IRL and she's amazing and wonderful and just had so much more to give and was, I mean, iconic in the few episodes she was there on 44. Um, And I think she has a lot more that she could do. And I think, um, I feel like she's the kind of person, you know, some people when they, it's like you spend so much, the whole time on Survivor, you're so worried about getting voted out. And I think it happened already. She got voted out, pre-merged. Now she can come back without any fear, just fully vengeance. And uh, we'll kick butt in all those challenges. If uh, you know, if she wants to, if she wants to sit, she can sit. You know. <laughs> I'd love to know. Speaking of getting voted out, I mean, as soon as it happens, does it feel like that bandaid has sort of been torn off? Like, if you were to go back again, mm. could you face it? You know. That's interesting. That's interesting. I feel like. I know. I just said that's how Claire would be. So now I have to reflect if that's how I would be. Um, yes, but it also does suck, you know? So it's like, you kind of don't want to have that happen again, but I also, it's like, huh? I think, yeah, I think knowing that it's like, well, I feel like the thing I really felt was like, I wanted, I, I, it was okay because I felt like overall satisfied, you know? So I feel like, like, uh, but now I almost feel like it's like there's it's like if I'm gonna go back, I already had a really satisfying first time, so it's kind of like you really gotta win. So anyway, now you've got you got me all tripped up. It's too hard of a question. Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, if I go back, I gotta win. But also, it'd be fine if I don't. You know, <laughs> it's true. And I only ask because the next person on my list is someone who looked getting their torch snuffed right in the face several times, and that's George Maladnov. Um, from Australian Survivor. Oh, we're going international know, here? I love it. We're going it. international. Okay. Some may know him as King George. He was on Australian Survivor Brains vs. Bronze and Australian Survivor Heroes vs. Villains, the most recent Australian Survivor season. George is just a mastermind. He's helped me see the game in many different ways than I even knew it could be. Um, his strategy was like very simple. I know it, at times it seemed like he was four steps ahead of his opponents, which he was, but I found that his uh, strategy, he said it in one of the episodes, which was keep as few people angry at him as possible. Mm. And I think that was really interesting. And he also was not great in challenges. However, 
tribal council is where George really stepped up and I think really thrives uh, in the seasons that he's in. Um, and with him, I mean, you either love him or you love to hate him. And I just think he's such a wonderful player that I would love to see back. Great addition. Absolutely. I, I don't even watch Australian Survivor, but I am very familiar with George. You have to, you can't be in the the sphere or the realm of Survivor on social media and not know of George in some capacity, right? Oh my God. You have to, have you, you, you haven't seen any, you didn't watch the Heroes Villains? David. I want to start from the very beginning. Fair enough. Fair and enough. It's the only season of us. I, I watched a little bit of uh, Blood versus Water, and then I watched all of Heroes Villains. It's it's truly one of my favorite seasons of all of Survivor. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. And so almost like so much because of George. So great well, pick. You have sold me. And <laughs> for my second pick, I have chosen someone again who is not gotten enough time to shine and that is Lyrsa from David versus Goliath. Her energy is so infectious and from the minute the game started, Lyrsa was underestimated and fell into the role of the David even though she was already wearing the buff and was very much already the David. I feel like people underestimated underestimated her so much more than everybody else and she managed to get through some really tough votes and I'm really interested to see how she would play from a good position in the, like leading the pack. Hell yeah. I love that. And I love Lyrsa and she's so smart. Yeah. Great pick. Great, great pick. Thanks. I love a good underdog story. And I find, you know, I find with Survivor, it's very interesting. Sometimes people start out as an underdog and they're working their way up through the ranks other times. And then the next time they come back, they are completely dominating the game or vice versa. Absolutely. So... Who's oh, that? is it me? Is it I think so. Oh, 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 okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm not going to lie. Lyrsa was on my list, so I'm mad at you, but I'll get over it. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go with um, Romeo from Survivor 42. He made it all the way to the end and, you know, was very uh, not perceived as being a strategic threat. I thought he was wonderful in the pre-merge. He was, like, really, like, wheeling and dealing, it seemed like. And I just feel like he has a lot of amazing personality, a wonderful story, and um, a really special moment in that season. We got to see him and High connect, which is just, like, always, yeah, like, when you have multiple queer people there, they get to talk about really interesting stuff and you get to have it on TV. Um, and I just think that Romeo could come back and, like, do it all again because I think people will continue to underestimate him and I want him to come back and this time take the crown. So uh, I'm throwing Romeo on my uh, fantasy tribe. You just said take the crown, and that reminds me of every Drag Race uh little verse that they write and every single one is come on mama Roo, like give me the crown so the i hope that then go home <laughs> i hope that's somehow the challenge there's a challenge for survivor where that we can somehow integrate give me the crown which also side note jeff and rupaul there are a lot of parallels so true especially wow. recently wow they both act in a sort of Therapist adjacent manner, Rue at tribal or Jeff Rue at tribal council. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna I'm yep. gonna have to make that. I'm gonna have to Photoshop that. Um, I love that. But Jeff at tribal council, and then Rue in the workroom. I just think of like the whole plastic tiara, like I'm your new mommy. The whole, I don't know, but there are just so many parallels between them, and I feel like 
I don't know what Jeff's equivalent is to the inner saboteur storyline that mm. ruins injects into people, but I'm curious. No, he what- totally, yeah, he totally has. I mean, the thing that he always is asking people, you know, of like, what's your story? Like, what did you learn? You're like, he loves that. It's all about, you know, that inner saboteur. And like, and it's like every time that uh, Jeff comes to camp for some reason, it's definitely like real workroom vibes. Everyone's like, ah, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and freaks out. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. It's really interesting. I mean, I'm just curious to know what was it like the first time you all saw Jeff on 41? And that was a big season. That was new era, first of all, but also right back from the COVID lockdowns. Yes. Well, first time seeing him on the show, like like in the We Are Filming Survivor was this like insanely epic moment where we just literally like climbed on uh like, like, you know, we, our, our season started with a, uh, marooning types, you know, we're on this giant ship. We'd been on the motorboats filming some B-roll and stuff before that. And then it's just like, okay, it's time. We have to climb up this little rope ladder and you're just like nervous as how they're going to fall. And like, it's the beginning and it's happening. And I just remember climbing over the top rung and like swinging onto the boat. And there's just like, boom, Jeff standing there and you're just like, I'm in Survivor now. Like it, I, I'm in the TV, and then it's Jeff, and then it's you know 40 camera people, and you're able to like perceive the scale of this enormous production. And I just remember Jeff being so excited, like like you said about the lockdown and everything. Like no one was more excited for Survivor to be back than Jeff, and he just like it's like to us all like you know look at all these people here. Isn't it amazing? They're all here to tell your story. Like, yes, Robert's back. And he's just like so excited. And that really like set the tone of like, this is Survivor. And we're all like, could not be more excited to be there. And Jeff really brings that. Jeff really brings that. I mean, Survivor 41, it's such a special season for so many reasons. And, you know, my next person on my list is actually going to be Jeannie. Nice. Um, Yes. Jeannie representation. Yes. I love Jeannie. I think it was really unfortunate that she sort of ended up with Shan and Ricard. It was the three of them. That was a really, really tough position. Something that stood out to me. uh, Jeannie's one of the first like heart to heart stories that I think we get uh, on Survivor 41, where she talks about coming from a traditional family and how her mom actually gave her a diamond and said, I want you to give this to your partner. And I think that it was such a beautiful story. You can tell that um, Jeannie is so proud to tell it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that tribe just kept losing and losing, and they kept dwindling down. And at you know, one point, Ricard calls her the spare tire of the group, and then even goes as far to with Shan steal her idol. And it was so painful to watch. So I want Jeannie to have a second chance so bad. She seems like such a wonderful personality. I love that. And it's so, I mean, she's, you can't get better than Jeannie. She's just an amazing, amazing person. So yes, yes, yes. Give her a second shot. I love that. You've also said oh, it was so sad that Ua was losing those challenges, but I think Evie would beg to differ. To differ <laughs> it's and- true. I didn't mind so much. I didn't mind so much. But I, we could have had Luvu lose one. You know, I would have, uh, I would have been fine with that. That's fair. <laughs> Save Jeannie. Save Jeannie, yeah. <laughs> and... For my pick, we couldn't have him do a cameo and then not add him to this. So, Todd, you're getting back in there. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he could bring to the table. I don't really have to say much here. He's just strategic powerhouse, incredibly personable, just whole package. So, 
I'm I'm very very intrigued. Yeah, Hell Todd yeah. came back ready to play or ready to play that game. I think in some interviews I saw with Todd um, and his family basically saying like Todd was preparing for this day, much like we see players now uh, prepare to go take on some of the puzzles and challenges. Evie, I know that at one point you also did one of those. You rebuilt a challenge in your backyard, right? I I even made not even so necessary as a whole backyard. Wait one moment. I'll just grab it. I'm so excited. Everybody goes over the top these days with scales and laser printers, <laughs> uh, I, which is awesome. Just don't don't get me wrong. Uh, mad props to uh, to Carson and Matthew and everything. But I uh, made just this little puzzle. If you're watching the YouTube, uh, out of like literally pearl beads uh, and like wire, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, it was the last puzzle I practiced and it was sitting right on my desk when I got home. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So you, you put in the prep and you might get a grilled cheese on day 16, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little starstruck seeing those. You, you were like so proud that you had those beads in your house and created the the puzzle. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a special, moment. it's a special moment for me for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. The, who knew when you were obtaining that and making it, that's right. <laughs> That's what it would lead to. That's right. Fill in your belly. That's right. <laughs> I also want to point out with Todd, I mean, Todd gives amazing confessionals and one-on-one. And even, again, I'm just at the beginning of the season, but you just feel like you just get to know him right away as a player and as a person. I mean, obviously, you don't fully know a person who appears on your television, but just to get a sense of who he is as a player is really special. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Todd, Todd is super personable. And you're right, he was prepared. He was in the finals for Survivor Fiji just the season before oh, wow. and was cut for that. And so is Amanda. Um, so yeah, it obviously meant a lot for him to be out there. And I remember talking to him about it and he said, yeah, before I went out for China, I could actually see on like the Survivor Sucks uh, message boards like who else was going to be out there so I sort of had an idea of where it was going to be and like who could possibly be there so talk about prepared and I'm sure he would be equally as prepared if he came back but wow and it sure paid off <laughs> so uh yeah third round Evie okay well I okay I had I've I've got Spencer Claire and Romeo okay for my number four I'm going another uh another person we didn't get enough of Lydia from uh, Survivor 42, our BFJA queen. Um, she's another person who I feel like her personality, I mean, her tweets say it all. Like she's a huge personality. And I think on the show that didn't really uh, get to come through enough. And uh, I think bring her back now. She's uh, a little older, a little wiser, uh, you know, hopefully uh, – you know, everyone will keep their, their votes and, uh, she'll never be in danger. And, uh, yeah. And I would love to see her, uh, uh, back on the Island and, uh, you know, see, see all of her, you know, including that BFJA. So. <laughs> I agree. I'd love to see Lydia back. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Great, great pick. So Matthew, how about you? Oh gosh, I, I now I need to figure out how to present, you know, what order for best suspense. But next, okay, I'm going to stick with another Survivor 41 player. I'm going to go with Ricard. Um, Ricard 
is a very, very strong player. And what I loved about Ricard is that he had a very strong why for being there. Mm. And it was sort of this beautiful through line, um, which was he had a toddler at home and he and his husband were expecting another baby during the season. He has that great moment at the end with Xander where they're talking on the beach and he admits that, I, you know, in a week when they were filming is when the due date of that other baby was. And you can tell how bad he wants it and it wants to play. And it's so great that he was able to be out there. Um, he's also responsible for removing the word guys from the phrase, come on in, which was a really strong moment in the show and, and a turning point for better moving forward. Uh, we talked about Ricard's dominant gameplay. I mentioned before getting Jeannie's idol. It hurt me in the moment, but it was so entertaining to watch with Shan. I loved Ricard and Shan's relationship as well. Um, however, the reason I chose Ricard is I want, I might want to see Jeannie's revenge, you know, in this yes. cast while we're here. I think I'd love to see that play out. Um, oh, that would be so interesting. Great choice. Absolutely. Dead ringer undoubtedly. And I think for me, I'm going to go a little bit further back and I'm going to go with Bill Posley from Survivor One World. I think that this world needs some positive One World energy. And I think that it, you know, gets crapped on a lot. And I think Bill is the person to redeem One World in people's eyes because he's witty. And I've seen some clips of him doing stand-up comedy and he's funny and he's got really good sketches. And I think he's really entertaining. Not to mention he lived with Colton and he was on the receiving end of a lot of BS. And so just for that, I think he automatically deserves a second chance without Colton. Here, 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 here. There yeah. are some players that, that definitely, you know, you see storylines play out on a season between two and you have to make that choice of would you want to see them on the same season again or would you like to see them play independently? And I think that could be said about a lot of the people that we brought up. Yeah, hell yeah. Bring bring back Bill. Justice for Bill. Yes. Come on, Bill. I mean, after that, though, would you really want to play Survivor again if that had been with because who knows, which I don't think they'll bring Colton back, but like maybe that fear will be in the back of his mind of like, what happens? It's like a whole like Abby Maria and RC situation. Like RC was like, I'm not coming back because who knows? But I yeah. think I think we've seen the last of Colton on Survivor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not on your list, Evie. He is not. Am I, am I next? Do I, is it? Is it? Is it? Are I think we it's here? You. Okay. Okay. Speaking of people who didn't have good enough experiences on the show, and I hope that they. Um, could could uh, have a much better one. I want to see Jackson from Survivor uh, 42 get to actually play Survivor. Um, he, you know, got uh, medevaced, let's call it, um, from the first episode of the show without even getting cast a vote. And I think Jackson is an amazing person. I mean, his he is such an advocate. Like his Instagram is full of like 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 such vulnerable sharing about his transition and like I just think he is really cool has a really cool story and I'm just really sad that we didn't really get to see it on the show um and I just think he has so like he you know he's a he's a you know got so many different uh lenses uh between being you know he's like a strong southern man he's also queer he's also you know uh you know he's also got like tats like i just feel like he has a lot going on there and i really think he could have played a great game so uh, i'd like uh round two for jackson 
I always feel terrible when people don't get that full survivor experience, whether it be go from challenge to tribal to vote it out or go on to win the game. And getting medevaced is, I think we can all agree, probably just the worst way to exit the game. Yeah. And I just know, and I just also feel like, you know, the way that it was shown, I don't exactly know, you know, how everything went down. Jackson seemed like very understanding of like what ended up happening, but I know that he did experience a lot of hate from the fans also. And I just think that that was so uncalled for and obviously turned very like personal and transphobic and all that stuff. And, uh, I hate that for him. And I, I just hate that he was in that position and that, that that's all what went down and that that's how it was shown. So, um, I just uh, really want him to get to have a good experience if that would be what he would want to do, get out there and play again. Definitely. He deserves it. Yes. I think that's a great reminder that what the fans are seeing in, let's it, even with commercials, it's like 45 minutes is not the full story of what actually happens out there. And I think that's so important to keep in mind. Um, David, I'd love to hear who you have on your list next. Okay. Um, next, I have Gabby from Survivor David versus Goliath. Nice. Another icon from David versus Goliath. She's so sincere and willing to be vulnerable and such a rootable person. And I think that Gabby would be underestimated because mm. I think people remember, you know, the picture from her Twitter profile of her crying. I don't know if that's her background. I don't know which one it is on her Twitter profile, but I just remember it's seeing there. the picture of her crying <laughs> in confessional. And yeah, I think that's what a lot of people associate with her. And I think that will actually give her an advantage because people might underestimate her. And yeah, smart person, personable person. I'd like to see more from Gabby. Great choice. Amazing yes. choice. Matthew, how about you? I mean, next for me, we're going to Vanuatu. So, David, thank you so much. Uh, when we were planning for this video, um, I hadn't seen Vanuatu yet. Like we said, I literally binged it in like three days, and I fell in love with Scout, and I want Scout back. I know um, this was a couple of years ago, uh, you know, many years ago, but again, we talked about the significance of seeing Scout and the photo of her and her life partner, and then also having Annie come out and join her on the island. Um, and I know Scout didn't do great in challenges overall, but she was pivotal to getting herself to the final three um, just by making that choice to stray away from the all-female alliance and go with um, Chris. And I thought that that was a very... Um, strategic game move towards the end there i'm not sure if the right choice would be to get rid of chris at the end before that um and maybe take eliza or or someone else who was there or julie but i thought that scout was such a wonderful presence to have on camp that i would like to see her back and also just in terms of uh, a diverse cast i'd love to have more people in the future be over the age of 55 uh, and would love to see a push for challenges and living conditions to sort of accommodate that. Yeah, terrific choice. Scout is an icon in so many ways. And I just want to hear Scout call someone a little one because she called <laughs> she called Eliza a little one. And I just, ima I just remember how much that ticked her off. And I just want to see one of these like really young, like new era players come back and be like, who is she? She's like, <laughs> 
calm down, little one. It's okay that I didn't participate in this challenge. We're going to vote you off anyway. It doesn't matter that we lost because of me. Just kidding. They'd win every challenge with Scout. What am I, what am I talking about? Yes. <laughs> and Evie, how about your last pick? Okay, for my last pick, give me Jolanda Jones from um, Survivor Palau. I think she was the first one out, right? Which is just an outrage or like, yeah, which is an outrage. Um, she's a super badass. Um, she's now like a state representative in Texas um, and she's super cool. I follow her on Instagram and her, uh, I love what she's doing and she's a powerful voice in politics and she's a powerful queer woman, black queer woman. And I love that. We need more of that on the the show and uh she barely got to play she got voted up for like no reason for like picking the like like sort of maybe messing up in the challenge but like probably not really and uh you know she didn't deserve that and uh i doubt she would play again because she's probably busy but uh maybe not you know give, give her give her a shot <laughs> yeah jolanda is a fabulous choice and they really like to say in the survivor tapestry that we didn't see Stephanie become a villain until Guatemala, but I would argue yes, that's not yes. true. And the <laughs> first shred of villainy was when she targeted Jolanda for messing up in the first challenge and they were taking too much time because Jolanda wanted to take more resources. And I, don't, I can't remember what it was, a box of Flint or a box of food or water. I'm not sure what it was, but Stephanie got so upset and held that against her and Stephanie's villain era started a lot earlier than Guatemala. Let's just let's just put the record down. And it came at the cost of Jolanda. And who knows how Oolong would have fared with Jolanda. Yeah, I, that, I mean, better. that's why they sucked so bad, you know, because <laughs> they voted her out. That's right. <laughs> Quite a shame. Yeah, if if Jolanda can take some time off from her busy schedule and doing very important work, we would we would love to see her on yes. our screens again. <laughs> You know, I'm noticing a theme that a lot of the people that we brought up either are out very early or are in it all the way to the very end. Mm -hmm. I love that's that. True. Yeah. And, you know, and because I feel like that's I mean, it's so true. It's like I feel like and that is I think you see the two sides of being a queer person on the show. Either, uh, you know, you can uh, like really if you can get a foothold, then your light can shine and you can really like uh connect with people and and use all the amazing skills that we all have as like resilient core people in the world uh to uh make it super far in the game or you know for a variety of reasons but not uh certainly not limited to prejudice and other uh you know things that isolate queer people you get out really quick and uh yeah and uh it's it's such a shame and i hope that we can have more and more of the on the, the go deep side of the, the spectrum it's what we deserve. It's what we deserve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm going to go next. So that way Matthew can go last because I think that his choice is actually the best of all personally. Um, <laughs> not that I'm not that I don't support my own choices, but um, I'm going to have to say from my last choice, Franny from Survivor 44. Yes. I mean, come on. The total package. Physically a powerhouse. Strategically, she's there socially so personable like where is the situation not better because franny is a part of it so i think honestly she's gonna probably come in as probably a threat unless enough time goes by but i'd still like to, like to see her back so hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> 
I feel I feel like Franny in particular is one of those people where you might know going in that Franny is a threat and is not to be underestimated. However, I feel like she's so likable and sociable that it's kind of hard not to like buddy up, at least from what we've seen on Survivor 44. I totally agree. She's so, and she's so warm and per, in person and like so nice that you're just like, oh, it's, it's Franny, little Franny. You know, I, I could totally see uh, not recognizing, uh, not recognizing the threat till it's too late, you know? Yeah. And Matthew, what about you? Uh, you know, um, my last pick is Evie from Survivor <laughs> 41. And here are my, <laughs> I mean, here are my reasons. Because listen, I think, Evie, I think you deserve the title of Game Changer for a couple of different things. So if there's ever Game Changers too, um, my vote is for you to be on it. So let's, we actually kind of got into this a little bit before when you brought out that bead puzzle that you created. I mean... I kind of think, I mean, David and I talked about it. We think Carson would have done this anyway, but you were the first person in the new era to say, I saw this puzzle on my screen. I created it at home and I practiced it and now I'm able to do it. And we see that throughout this, these next few seasons of players who are being like, yeah, I practiced and it happened and I did it. Uh, the next thing, one of my favorite moments from Survivor 41, I, I want to talk to you about this also. When you... And Xander misled Liana into playing her knowledge as power advantage was so perfect and so wonderful. And we, we talked about camp at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> and to see you and Xander, especially at tri tribal council, being like, ah, oh, my friend here, he's got, he's gonna <laughs> help me out. I loved every moment of it. There were points where I was like, oh no, Evie, you know, like, like don't give it away. But it was so perfectly done um and i don't know i hope you realize this but you were the very first confessional of the new era which is so so cool uh, that's right that's right thank you so much matthew that's really really kind and sweet and i would be honored to be on game changers too um no that's so sweet and like that whole thing like yeah it's just like it's so surreal that any of that happened and that i would that that was actually me um but yeah that that's really kind and i have to say that whole knowledge power thing was like ultimate camp like at all times and it didn't even get to if only the the final thing had happened, which I really wanted to happen, of Tiffany actually playing the idol on me in that moment, which actually didn't need to happen. It was fine. Thanks, Sydney, for, again, for voting yourself out. But um, the idol was the, was in Tiff's bra um, as the decoy. And um, there was like this in this wild for me can't, like moment where to you know I you know I'm saying to Tiff okay put the idol somewhere that it, no one will see you know it'll be really secret she's like I'll put it in my bra don't worry and I'm like really because like when I like you know we're wearing mics at tribal and I'm like they always put the mic down my shirt are you sure that no one will see like when they're doing that she's like no no they never they never do my bra they never no it's gonna be fine and of course we're all in the tent everybody's there and the mic person is like futz in with Tiff's bra and the idol like nearly falls out, destroys the whole plan. Um, but luckily that did not happen. Thank you. Uh, bra, Tiffany bra gods, uh, for not, uh, spoiling it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a wonderful thing. And I'd, I'd be honored to put on, uh, to put out an encore performance. So <laughs> I think we need it again. This is what we deserve. This is what we deserve. I think that should be the tagline for this episode. This yes. is what we deserve. Yes. And 
I want to dig into your survivor journey a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. And you said Tiffany, so I have to mention, I remember watching your Ponderosa and two things stood out. One, your conversation with Tiffany. And two, Nasir is pretty dang good at giving haircuts. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, Nasir is just a multi-talented person. Like, anything you ask Nasir to do, he's going to be excellent quality at it. Like, dancing, cooking, haircuts, starting the fire, finding the coconuts. Like, Nasir can do it all. That is Nasir. Um, yeah. And and the Tiffany thing is so special. Like, if people haven't seen it, we had this whole conversation where she's just kind of asking me questions about queerness and I'm answering for the, her, them for her. And I'm just honestly so happy that that got to be included in the Ponderosa video because it's extremely true to our relationship where it's just like Tiffany cares and asks questions from a perspective of like caring and listening. And it's so special. And to find that in a person, you know, with a, you know, sort of different, uh, you know, uh, she would hate me for saying this, but from a somewhat different generation, uh, you know, and um, like to actually get someone who, uh, who like cares and wants to know and like, just, I feel like, uh, sees me really deeply like like she always I showed her a picture once uh where I had long hair in it which is is uh yeah just doesn't feel like me and she was just immediately like never show me one of those again because it doesn't feel like you and it freaks me out <laughs> and like uh it's like it's special it's like you know she like she sees me in that way and so it was really really nice um yeah, to get to have that. And and, and I, I do think, you know, I really went on the show wanting to like educate about queerness and things. And um, yeah, really, really special that they got to be got to be part of it. One of my favorite moments with you and Tiffany is so hilarious to look back on now, especially with the seasons that have come out after yours. Um, but it's the moment where so you know about Xander's idol but he doesn't have the idol it's not powered yet he lost his vote and there's a special phrase he has to say and watching you explain this to tiffany you we all the audience knows it's the truth you know it's the truth you've read the paper but tiffany tiffany understandably it's such a wacky concoction of a story where you know again like i said xander risked his vote and he doesn't have his vote and he also has an idol but it's not empowered yet he has to say this wacky phrase and it sort of leads to at the end voce being voted out so did you have was it difficult to sort of ask tiffany to trust you on something like this because it sounds ridiculous I mean, it's so funny now. I like, I, I'll make fun of her that for, uh, make fun of her for that forever. Just like, I read the note, but it's so true. I mean, it's, it's, why would that be real? You know, like, like, why would you believe me that that's real? That doesn't make any, like, that's nothing like that has ever happened on Survivor for like at all. Um, on the other hand, it's like so bizarre. How could you make that up? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, that is the funny thing. And I think it's so funny to watch in Survivor 44. We had multiple times where people told the truth. And people thought those stories were so crazy that those people like were in trouble for telling the truth. And I'm so happy that that isn't what happened for me. But ultimately, I mean, Liana and, and Tiffany ultimately go and like look through Xander's bag because they're like, I, I need to see this for myself, you know? Um, and uh, no, it's so funny. And like to this, I mean, that's the, I mean, I, I love Tiff, 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 my relationship with Tiff is like the best thing I got out of the show. Honestly, I, I love her so much. And it's so funny. Cause like, even in the, I mean, she's so smart. Like, her read on people is amazing. She's so intuitive, amazing people skills, like just out of this world. Knowing the rules of the intricacies of the things in Survivor is just not her strong suit. And uh, it, that's why we're a good team. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
Evie, do you have time for one last question? Absolutely. Awesome. And this is a question we can all discuss, but how do you think that Survivor and its fans can continue to support and uplift queer voices mm. beyond Survivor and Pride Month? Uh, I love that so much. I mean, I think it really starts with like listening to queer people about queer experiences. And I think like, that's the thing, you know, I never want people to be like speaking for me or for my community. I want people to listen to me and listen to people in my community. And like, we need, we need people to listen to us and we need support right now. Like, uh, you know, there is a horribly powerful anti-trans, especially anti-gay agenda right now in this country. And I just, just like really do encourage people to, whether or not it directly affects you, like, listen, there are queer people in your life that are hurting. Um, and yeah, I think like, and also like educating yourself. Like I, I'm currently reading this book, Detransition Baby. I, it's blowing. It's so, so good. It's about um, trans women, a detransition trans, trans woman, a cis woman, a lot of complexity of being trans, being queer, being a woman. There's just a lot there. And like, there's, there's so many resources out there for people. So like, um, it's kind of no excuse for being um, like, for, for not, uh, yeah, for not uh, seeking that out. If it, it's it's available, you know. Um, so yeah, this is some stream of consciousness. But I just like um, really, you know, we need support right now, and uh, uh, it's a scary time for us. So um, yeah, yeah, listen to us, you know. Absolutely, it's 2023. There's no excuse for mm. not educating yourself, and there are things out there. And like you said, it is scary out there. Not just because there's, you know issues with air quality happening right now and, and residual from, from fires, but absolutely it's, it's scary out there. So yes, education and Matthew, any, any words on this subject? I think just be kind, right? Like we mm. talked about RuPaul a lot during this session as well. I think it rings true. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Um, I think that, you know, there are moments even in Survivor where we see members of our community sort of butt heads uh, mm. and also do things that are unfortunate, uh, unfortunately damaging to others. And I think it's a great reminder that even within our very broad and very diverse community that we can all still make mistakes. Mm. And Evie, I love what you said about doing the work and getting better. And when you make a mistake, you know, look internally, figure out why that was and and change that habit. So that's where that's where I'll leave off. Wonderful. This was such a great conversation and what a great way to cap this off. Evie, thank you so, so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, thank you all so much. This was so sweet. And I uh, love the, the cameos and everything. Like this is really special and you're both wonderful. And I just, uh, like, yeah, li li listening to this podcast is uh, supporting queer people and everyone should be doing it. And uh, it was really wonderful to talk with you all. And I just wanted to say one other thing of ways to support people. Vote against uh, Republican lawmakers and the anti-gay, anti-trans agenda. Vote with your vote. Vote with your feet. Go to protests and uh, speak out because it's really important. And uh, thank you all so much for having me. I love that I got to do this during Pride. It feels like a very perfect way to kick off this Pride weekend for me. So thank you both so much. Of course. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for tuning in to Survivor Now. And we're wishing you all a very happy, safe Pride Month. And we will catch up with you all soon.